On the previous staff, we saw a Mishnah and a contradiction to it. The Mishnah here in Nedarim said, Stam Nedarim Lachmir. Someone says a Neder formula, but it's not clear. Uh, it's ambiguous. For example, he says, This bread will be Teruma like Teruma. Does he mean? which is prohibited by a vow in that case that would transfer to the bread and would become prohibited or does he mean of grain that's given to a kohen which is prohibited from the torah and not a vow and therefore it does not transfer to the bread and the bread would be permitted we're not clear what he said if the, if so any case of doubt we are stringent in uh, in those cases that is what our mishnah said but then we quoted a Mishnah in Masechet Taharot that said, Safek nezirot, nezirut lakel. If someone becomes a Nazir, says, I'm taking upon myself to be a Nazir, but it's uh, doubtful, he, he put a condition on it, and we're not sure if the condition was fulfilled or not, then we assume that's for leniency. So how could the Mishnah here in the Darim say a Neder formula is for, uh, that's ambiguous, is for stringency? And over there we said a doubtful case of Nezirut is for leniency. So we saw one uh, response, and today we're going to follow up on that. Um, here's an outline of the daf today, right? Mishnah Darim, stringency for doubtful Neder formula. Mishnah Tarot said lenient for doubtful Nazir uh, formula. The first answer that we already began to see is that of the Bizera. He says that Mishnah in Nedarim is the opinion of Rabbanan, whereas the Mishnah in Taharot is the opinion, opinion of Rabbi El-Azar. We saw Rabbi El-Yezer, Rabbi El-Azar in some versions. So um, uh, let's take the manuscripts, Rabbi El-Azar. Uh, we're going to question that today from two different challenges, because after all, Rabbi El-Azar is actually stringent regarding firstborn animals, and then we're going to explain, uh, then we're going to also challenge Rabbi El-Azar is stringent for a affected banan of liquids, so all the more so he should be stringent regarding um, and regarding a Nazir, which is Deoraita. And so therefore we're going to reject the Rabbi Zera's answer. We're going to come to a second one that based on the Braita, Nedarim is Rabbi Shimon, the Mishnah Tarot is Rabbi Yehuda. We're going to ask about that from the Sefa of our very Mishnah, uh, where Rabbi Yehuda is lenient, and we'll try to answer that, but in the end we're going to get stuck. And so a final answer will be just a variation of the second, that Nedarim is, is still Rabbi Shimon, but Taharot, we thought it would be without speaking for himself in that Braita. In fact, he was speaking in the name of Rabbi Tarfon, and so the Mishnah and Taharot could be the opinion of Rabbi Tarfon. All right, this is a complex uh, sugya, probably the hardest we've had in Masech Nedarim. It does go through a lot of different um, uh, uh, issues, and some of the leaps in logic you have to fill in a couple of steps. Uh, but we will do our best. Okay, so here is Rabbi Zera says um, that um, our Mishnah is Rabbanan, and the one in uh, the in Edarim, and the one in um, Taharot is Rabbi Eli Ezer, who said, "Hamaktish Hayatu B'mtoktish Etakoi." says, We have this animal. We're not sure what it is. And Rabbi Eli Ezer said, "We always assume for leniency." Okay, and so, and according to the Eliezer, we're going to uh, assume the same thing. This is in the context of um, of the mamon that you're donating this item uh, to the to the Beta Mikdash. So, regarding mamon, uh, we assume that a safek 
is for stringency according to Rabbanan, and they would say the same thing regarding a Nazir, where it's for the person himself, and a Be'eliezer who's lenient regarding money, what we assume would also be lenient regarding the Nazir status of his own personhood, and so that's the Bizarra's answer. Okay, and this is what we got up to, and all, all the more so for himself. Okay, so now Abaye is going to challenge the Bizarra's answer. Amar le Abaye. Abayah says, you assume that that Mishnah in Taharot that says um, if a doubtful Nazir is for leniency, you answered that that is the opinion of Rabbi Elazar. But look at the very next continuation of that Mishnah in Taharot and tell me if it works. There it says, Safek Bechorot. That's the end of the Mishnah. If someone's not sure about a Bechor, you're not sure, let's say an animal gave birth to twins, and you're not sure which one came out first. And so whether it be a Bechor of a person, maybe a, a, a mother uh, gave birth to twins, and we got mixed up. We don't know which one was first, which one was second. So now you have to do Pijona Ben. Do you have to give, what do you have to do? Can you give pijona ben for this one or for that one? Or bechor behema, bechor behema, if it's a behema tehora, a kosher animal, then you give it to the kohen and the kohen becomes a sacrifice. If it's a non-kosher animal, um, then uh, like a donkey, uh, which you cannot sacrifice, that is given to the kohen as a gift. Now, in all these cases, since there's a safek, we say, the Kohen is trying to take it from you. Let him bring a proof. If the Kohen can prove that this particular animal is the Bechor, then he can go and take it. But if there is a doubt, then he cannot take it. Okay, so that's the rule regarding the uh, the monetary aspect of it. But, Vetane Allah, notice that the Mishnah only talks about the monetary aspect. There was also also prohibitions regarding an animal that's a Bechor. You are not allowed to work it. You can't put a burden on it. And so will it have that, which one will have the ritual prohibitions? Avasurim begizav avoda. Any of them that are sefik, if two are born, then you cannot work either one or shear either of the animals because we have to assume stringency for ritual even though we're lenient regarding money because regarding money, we have that principle that the coin has to prove before he can get it. But ritually, if there's a prohibition, safik, daoraita, we have to be machmir. Okay, so that's the continuation of that very Mishnah. We see from the continuation of the Mishnah that when you have a doubt, you have to be stringent. And if you say that that Mishnah is the opinion of Rabbi El-Azhar, and Rabbi El-Azhar says when you're in doubt, you should be lenient, well, then you have a contradiction because it can't be Rabbi El-Azhar who says lenient if the continuation says stringent. Okay, now in truth, there would be a, there's a, actually a, an internal um, uh, contradiction within this very Baraita between the case of Nazir and the case of Bechor that we'd have to answer either way. In any case, Rabbi Zedah comes to the rescue and will explain the Mishnah and thereby also explain, uh, answer the question. Amar le, amai kamidamit meleha li adam. Rabbi Zedah says, how can you compare the Kedushah, the holiness that comes by itself, that's the case of Bechor. The second is born, then it's already sanctified in and of itself. You don't have to do anything. We did see on the previous staff that it would be the customary practice for the person to also make a vow formula for the firstborn, but it's actually not necessary.
necessary. So since that comes in and of itself, it comes on its own, that's going to be stringent. And that's different from uh, holiness or sanctification that comes because of a volition of a person, like a Nazir, when a person takes upon himself and say, I will be a Nazir. In that case, it depends on his mindset. And it could very well be that a person would not want to become a Nazir unless he was sure that he was being a Nazir. And so, in the case of doubt, we will assume for leniency. So these are totally different cases. And that and that's how that's how I, I stick to my guns. And in fact the Mishnah in Tarot is Rabbi Elazar. Rabbi Elazar is lenient regarding Nizirut because of something he's taking upon himself. And the rest of the Mishnah is also Rabbi Elazar. There he's strict because that Bechod is something that happens on its own. Okay, good. So Rabbi Zerah saved his answer for the time being. We're going to have a second challenge to, to Rabbi Zerah, just to see where we are in the outline. Uh, we have Rabbi Zerah's answer. We, uh, we had one challenge to it from the firstborn. And now we're going to have a second challenge. This, challenge, this one is going to be um, long, and have to, we have to put together a few sources for it. But the upshot of it is going to be that we see that Bil Azad is actually stringent, even for a Safik Rabbanan. If he's stringent for a Safik Rabbanan, surely he would be strict regarding a doubtful Nazir, uh, which is a Deoraita. And so it really doesn't make sense that Bil Azad would be the um, author of the Mishnah Taharot. So let's see where we're going to learn this from. Safik Mashkin, Litame Tame, Litame Acherim Tahor. Regarding liquids, um, can liquids become Tame? Yes, they can on a Doraita level. Can liquids make something else Tameh? No, they can. No, they cannot on Doraita level, only on the Drabanan level. This is the opinion of Rabbi Meir. For this reason, if we have a doubt um, whether a, a Tameh person touched the liquid, we're not sure if he touched it or not, well, that would be a Safek on a biblical level because if he did touch it, then it would be biblically tameh. So safek da'oraita, we're going to be machmir. Whereas if we're not sure, a certain drop of impure liquid fell near a loaf of bread, but we're not sure if it touched it or not. In that case, since in any case, if it touched it, it will only be drabanan. So therefore safek drabanan le'akel. That's the opinion of Rabbi Meir. Vechen hayah Rabbi Elazar omer. Omer Kidvarav, Rabbi Elazar, also said the same thing. So right now, we're at Rabbi Elazar would say, Safek Deoraita would be a Humra. Um, now this by itself could be, uh, could be a problem, because if Safek is for Humra, then um, how come he kiss how come he was? He said before that a sefik for a nazir is lekula. Okay, so far there's not yet, yet a question because tuma is like bechor. It's something that comes in and of itself. The second it touches it, surely it is tameh. Whereas nazir depends on the volition of a person. Where we have to take into account, maybe he meant it, maybe he didn't mean it. He maybe wouldn't buy, want to be a, sef, uh, a nazir if there was a case, if there was some doubt. Okay, so this by itself. Uh, is not is not the challenge, but rather the further discussion. Hold on, does Rabbi Elazar really think that um, uh, Im- liquids can become impure? Uh, that they receive impurity on a Doraita level? Um, Rabbi Elazar said, no, liquids do not become tameh at all. 
How does he know that? Rabbi Elazar is going to prove his statement. And Rabbi Elazar himself learned that from a much earlier sage from the time of the second Bet HaMikdash, Rabbi Yosef. Not to be just Yosef ben Yoazer ish Tzedada. The people in those times, the sages, did not yet have the title of Rabbi, like Hillel Shammai. They were just known by their name, and uh, he in Eduyot. Uh, has a testimony regarding El Kamsa. El Kamsa is a type of grasshopper, and he said Dachan. Dachan is Aramaic for Tahor. So he thought that this grasshopper is pure. Um, El Kamsa seems to be called El because it reminds us of an ayil, right? You see the horns of this gazelle here, and uh, the antenna of this grasshopper looks similar. So he's number one, he said this type of grasshopper is kosher. And that's not relevant for us. The other one is mashkin bet mitbachaya dachan. That liquids that are found in the bet mikdash area, the area mitbach, the uh, the place in the on the in the courtyard where they slaughter the animals and skin them. Uh, then there's going to be lots of blood there and water that they use to wash off the bodies of the uh, animal sacrifices. And all all of that is pure. Now in the bet mikdash, one rule is that. They do not have to be stringent for the Rabbanan laws. If it's Deoraita uh, impurity, then that will be a problem. But for the Rabbanan, that's okay. So what we can learn from here, surely, is that according to the Be'el Azad, to liquids uh, receiving Tum'ah, certainly giving Tum'ah, even receiving Tum'ah, is not Deoraita. It's at best only the Rabbanan. Um, so now we have a, 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 an internal challenge within the Be'el Azad. On the one hand here, he says, that safek liquids are going to be receiving tumah is going to be stringent, which sounds like it's a biblical prohibition. And here it sounds like it's no, it's only a rabbinic prohibition because that and the Bet Mikdash we assume are pure. Now let's try to solve that first. Shmuel interpreted this um, testimony here to, when it said dachan that this is pure. That only means pure in terms of um, not making something else tameh. Uh, so that that's what we that's what we're not worried about in the Bet Hamikdash. We're not worried about tumah liquids touching other liquids because that's surely only the Rabbanan. But even in this testimony, becoming tameh itself, that we do worry about. Um, even according to this Yosef ben Yo'ezet. So according to Shemuel, we have no problem because this whole testimony here, Ibn Rabbi Elazar says, Entumal Mashkin, Kolikar, it's a little hard to fit into the words. What he meant is uh, that it does not impart impurity, but it does receive impurity because it does receive impurity on a biblical level, even in the Bet HaMikdash. So for Shemuel, there's no contradiction and where we'd be okay. Ela Lerav, says totally pure um, and uh, not they don't even receive tum'ah so according to the Be'el Azad, receiving of tum'ah is only the Rabbanan and so uh, what, how would you reconcile it um, the only way to reconcile it the Gemara doesn't doesn't finish off the question we have the, the commentaries have to finish it off for him um, is that so that, how could it be that this is Dirabanan? Uh, and what does he mean over here when it be Al-Azad agrees with Bimeir and says uh, a doubtful case of liquid even receiving is Tameh must be he thinks that a Safek Dirabanan is also Lechumra. This is an amazing thing to find such a rule, Safek Dirabanan Lechumra. 
Well, nowadays we always say Safek Rabbanan Likula, which makes life a lot easier. So many Tishubot of Racham uh, Ovadei Yosef rely on this. If we had to be Machmir on every on every, every Rabbanan, then uh, we a lot of stringencies. Okay, but any for anyway for to be a Lazar, uh, we just proved according to Dav's interpretation that he thinks that it is Luchumra. If so. If he would be machmir even for a safek the rabbanan, then surely for a safek nazir the oraita, which is the oraita, he would be stringent. And therefore, we do not accept Rabbi Zera's answer uh, that uh, the Mishnah in Taharot is the opinion of Rabbi Elazar. So we're rejecting here number one, and we're going to move on to number two. That's not said in anybody's name. Um, and here's the second answer. Ella, ha Rabbi Yehuda, ha Rabbi Shimon. The Mishnah in Taharot is actually the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Whereas our Mishnah, that, that he's, he's lenient. Our Mishnah here in the Darim, that's stringent, is the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. Well, what do they say? The Tanya. Harini Nazirim yesh bakeri hazeh me'akor. Ve'halachum sosh nignav o she'avad. Rabbi Yudah Matir, Rabbi Shimon, Osir. This is our very case. This is very good. Uh, very relevant source. If someone says, I will be a Nazir if in this heap of grain there is a hundred kor, a measurement of wheat. I guess he's making a bet with someone, right? This looks like a hundred. I bet there's a hundred. I'll be a Nazir um, if there is. Now, uh, he, went, he went and looked for it. He went and looked and said and found that if they were going to go count it, right, to go measure it to see what it is, but it was stolen or it got lost, it blew away. And now there's no way for him to tell if he's actually Nazir, if his condition was fulfilled or not. Rabbi Yudah is lenient because Rabbi Yudah says a person is only going to take upon himself to be a Nazir if he surely wants to be a Nazir. And so Safek is Lakel, and that would accord with the Mishnah in Tarot that said Safek Nazir is le, le kula. Whereas our Mishnah, Nedarim, is the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, just like he says, uh, Safek Nazir here is stringent. That's, that's also because any Nedir that someone says ambiguous language, we're going to be Machmir. Okay, so now this is a, a, sounds like a good solution to the problem. But not so fast. Did Rabbi Yudah really say that he's, he's lenient in all cases like this? We have a contradiction. We're assuming that Rabbi Yudah's reasoning is that in the case of Nazir, a person would not take upon himself voluntarily an obligation if he was not sure that by saying this, he was actually going to take upon himself the obligation. Right? I'm not going to be a Nazir. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm not going to be a Nazir unless I'm sure that I really want to be a Nazir. So a person doesn't do it out of a doubt. So therefore, if there is any doubt regarding his formula, regarding the circumstances, regarding the condition, then he's not a Nazir. Unless it's very clear and, out, uh, and uh, a sure thing that when he says it, he will be a Nazir, only then does a person take it upon himself. That is the reason why Rabbi Yudah says, Safek Nazir is for leniency. Now, does he really say uh, that whenever we have a safek, we're going to be lenient? Or mean he? Rabbi Yudah Omer, Stam tiruma biuda asura ubagalil muteret. She'en anshe galil makirin et terumat halishka. Now we're going to compare it to what Rabbi Yudah says in our Mishnah, the end of our Mishnah, which the, the beginning of the, our Mishnah was the opinion of Rabbi Meir, that said anytime you have a safek regarding an edir, it's going to be stringent. 
But a biuda says not always. Um, so look at this. Even though we're asking about nazir, we're assuming it's the same um, for nazir or for neder in general. And uh, the biuda is the one that said when it comes to teruma, and someone said this bread will be like teruma. It didn't specify. Do you mean teruma talishka? Uh, and that's a vow, so they'll make it prohibited. Or do you mean teruma of grain, which is prohibited from the Torah, in which case the loaf would be permitted? Now, if we don't know what he meant, bihuda asura. In Yehuda, they use both formulas, so we don't know what the person meant, so therefore we have to assume stringency. Um, in Galil, we assume leniency because the people of Galil do not re- do not know what Tirumatadishka is. They are far away from Jerusalem. They not they don't practice machazita shekel. It was from a long time ago, and therefore when they say teruma, they don't mean teruma tadishka because they don't know of that concept. Instead, they always mean teruma of grain, and therefore and, and that's permitted. And therefore, in in the Galil, if they say teruma stam, uh, then they then it will be permitted. Now, Tamad and Makirin, in Galil, the only reason why it's permitted is because they don't know the formula of stringency. Uh, the Hamakirin, Asurin, but if they did know that Tirumat can be used in both ways and they knew what Tirumat Adishka was, then it would be prohibited, which is in fact the case for Yehuda, where they know both uh, formulas, presumably they know both formulas, and that's the reason for stringency. So we see that even the Yehuda thinks that Safek would be for stringency. In other words, a short way of, of, of this challenge is the whole reason you got into this challenge is because uh, we wanted to uh, distinguish between Mishnah Nedarim, where stringency is for, is for uh, where we're doubtful, where we're stringent for doubtful cases, and Mishnah Tarot. So we said, oh, Mishnah Tarot is Rabbi Yehuda, who does say regarding a Nazir that he's going to be a, a doubtful Nazir that he'll be lenient. But in that very Mishnah Nedarim, in the Sefa, it brings an exact case that is similar to the Bimeir, and the difference between the Bimeir and the Biuda is just regarding language usage in Galil. Do they know this or not? But they both agree that if they use both formulas and you don't know what the person means, then we're stringent. So by ascribing Mishnah Tarot to the Biuda, you're really not helping because the Biuda is mentioned in Nedarim itself. So what are you going to do with that? Um, uh, so, explains there is a difference between Nazir and other cases. Regarding Kiri, means the grain, that refers to the Braita, um, of the grain, if uh, someone says, if there's 100 cord in there, I'll be a Nazir. In that case, regarding the Nazir, any time, and in this case, this is one instance, where being in a, being in a, in a state of doubt is, the wor- is worse than being in a state of, um, of certainty, and that is true regarding a Nazir, because, um, he'll, explain, he'll explain why. If, if the doubt is worse than the certainty, then the person would not put himself into doubt, we can assume. And regarding a Nazir Vadai, it's better to be a, for sure a certain Nazir than to be a Safek Nazir. Because a certain Nazir, he can he, um, bring his Korban and then he can cut his hair. It's the wrong order here. Really, you have to bring the Korban first and only then you can uh, shave your head. He can cut his hair. 
Um, and uh, and the nechel, you can eat the korbanot also. That's incidental. It doesn't really matter that you can eat the korban. The point is that if someone is definitely nazir, it comes to an end. He brings his korbanot, and uh, one of them being a chatat, and then he can cut his hair, and then he's o- and then it's done with. He's over, right? That's it. Thirty days or however long he says. But if someone is a safek nazir, then he's really in a bind. He cannot cut his hair ever for his whole life. Why? Because you cannot cut your hair until you bring the korbanot. One of the korbanot is a korban hatat. A korban hatat I'm not allowed to bring to the Beit HaMikdash if I don't have to. You can't volunteer to bring a korban hatat. And you're not allowed to bring a regular non-sacred animal to the Beit HaMikdash. Um, and therefore, this guy, he's not sure if he's a, is a nazir or not. If he is a nazir, he can't cut his hair until he brings a korban. But if he's not a nazir, he can't bring a korban. He can't bring korban khatat. So he's stuck. He can't bring it. He can't not bring it. He cannot cut his hair because he's stuck in this loop. And so it's worse to be a safek nazir. So Rabbi Yehuda is saying that generally when we have a safek, we'll be, um, I'm happy to be stringent. But if the safek is going to be worse than the vaday, then I think we should, then we have to be lenient. And so that's the reason why, how we can reconcile the biuda. The biuda in the darim is saying, yes, in fact, if there's a, a safek in a person's language, he says, tirumah this way or that way, and he uses both phrases, then we're going to be machmir. But when a person makes a bet on a, on a heap, and he's not sure uh, what, uh, what happened because it blew away, in that case, we're going to have to be lenient because surely a person would not put himself into a case, into a state of safek nazir, which is the worst problem or worst of all worlds, even worse than being a fashur nazir. So surely there uh, will be lenient upon him, and he didn't mean to mean to put himself in the state of safek nazir. So that's why he's lenient. So we can reconcile Rabbi in that beraita of nazir and in the in our mishnah. So far, so good, but. Not out of the woods yet. Amar le'rav huna bar Yehuda le'rava. Amar had any nazir olam mai. What would the Yehuda do? Say about a person who says, um, "I'll be a nazir olam. I'll be a permanent nazir if there's a hundred cord in that pile." Um, now, the Baraita didn't didn't specify what kind of nazir is going to be, so it should include any case that Yehuda would be lenient. But if a person says, "I'll be a nazir olam," then being a nazir forever for his whole life is equal to, is not more stringent than being a safek nazir, safek nazir or a nazir olam. Either way, they can't cut their hair for their entire lives. So in that, in, um, in that instance of nazir olam, uh, even if we apply this rule, we only say that the Biyudah would be lenient if the being a surely a surely a certain nazir is worse than being a safek nazir, but nazir olam it would be the same. And yet, Rabbi Uda seems to say he's lenient. So, what are you going to do about that case? And how would you reconcile that Rabbi Uda with Rabbi Uda in our Mishnah? Rabbi answers him and says, actually, a nazir olam also has. Um, something that is, uh, in, is in a way better than being a safek nazir. 
law. There is a law about Nazir Olam that when his hair becomes very heavy, very long, he is permitted to bring a razor and 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 uh, lighten his hair. I mean, cut, uh, do do uh, get a trim, and he'll bring the three behemoth, the three animals, and Nazir would have to at the end. Now he's going to continue being a Nazir because he's Nazir Olam, but he is allowed. He is allowed to take a trim, whereas a Safek Nazir is not even allowed to take a trim. He there's no permission for that, and so you see that a Safek Nazir even uh, is worse even than a Nazir Olam, and so the Biudas principle would still apply, and he would be he would be lenient. Even in the case of a Safek Nazir Olam, according to his principle. All right, but one last blow. Amar Adeni Nazir Shimshon Mai. What if a person says, I am going to be a Nazir Shimshon? That's a type of Nazir Olam who also cannot cut his hair at all, even even uh, doesn't have this loophole of bringing the three korbanot. And certainly that one is equivalent to being a Safek Nazir, to be a Nazir like Shimshon. So what are you going to do about that? Um, said, No, we don't have such thing as a Nazir Shimshon. Uh, you can't make yourself a Nazir like Shimshon. Shimshon was a Nazir, but you can't apply that to other people. Uh, Shimshon had some, uh, it was a different kind of Nazir. For example, he can become Tameh. He was a warrior. He was killing people all the time. And so and, uh, Shimshon only had the other uh, prohibitions of cutting his hair and wine. Uh, but not that one. So he says, no, you can't be, make yourself a Nazir Shimshon. And, uh, but, um, Ravuna says, that's not true because Ravada Barabas quotes a Braita saying, discussing if someone makes himself Nazir Shimshon. It is a concept. You can make yourself a Nazir like Shimshon. If it's a Braita, I can't argue on it, and you're right. That would be a problem for my uh, my interpretation, um, because if you have Nazir Shimshon, and that is a type of Nazirut, and so that would be a challenge for Rabbi Yehuda. In that Braita, he said, if you if a, he makes a condition, if there's a this number of hundred cord in the uh, pile, then I'll be a Nazir. That seems to include even if it was a Nazir Shimshon, but Nazir Shimshon is actually not worse. Then uh, is not better than being a safek nazir, and therefore uh, should um, they should not be mekel, and so we cannot reconcile the biyuda. Since the biyuda in our mishnah says a safek regarding a neder formula is machmir, and now we also found a case in uh, regarding a nazir. Uh, the example is nazir shimshon, but even one case will prove that even if for a nazir, Rabbi Yehuda is machmir, uh, therefore Rabbi Yehuda cannot be the author, not of the Mishnah and the Darim. He also can't be the author of that Baraita, where Rabbi Yehuda is in conflict with Rabbi Shimon. Uh, because in that Baraita, it says, anytime you have a safek um, of a nazir, it's lekula. So the Rashi is going to answer now both questions. Um, both, who is that Rabbi Yehuda in that Baraita? Of the of the pile of wheat, and then that will also answer the question of who is the author of our Mishnah in a third way. That Baraita, when it says Rabbi Yehuda, wasn't Rabbi Yehuda's own opinion, but rather is Rabbi Yehuda in the name of Rabbi Tarfon. 
who was an, uh, uh, um, uh, um, a senior sage, his teacher. Detanya, Rabbi Yehuda Mishum Rabbi Tarfon Omer, and Echad Mehem Nazir, Lefi Sheloni Tena Nezirut, Ela Lehafla'a. Rabbi Tarfon says about an interesting case that we will get to, um, about a few people, they're making a bet on a certain person that's coming, they can't quite see in the distance who it is, and one says, I'm a Nazir if this is so-and-so, the other one says, I'm, I'm a Nazir if it's not so-and-so, the other one says, I'll be Nazir if both of you are Nazirim, and so on. And a bitarf is machloket about which one will be a nazir or not. And a bitarfon says none of them are nazir because nazirut can only take effect in an explicit statement. If you have a conditional, I'll be a nazir if, the second you say if, then the person's already not a nazir. Because it says in the pasuk, neder. Um, and so you have to explicitly say, I want to be a Nazir. You have to really mean it. And if there's any condition, even if the condition comes true, the person is not a Nazir. So Rabbi Tarfon would say, in all cases, in that, in that Baraita, when it says, I'll be a Nazir, if there's a hundred cord in that, uh, in that pile, even if there is a hundred cord, even if it didn't blow away, he still is not a Nazir. And so Rabbi Tarfon certainly could be the author of the Mishnah in the Darim that says, yeah, Nazir, any case of Nazir, any doubt, surely we will be lenient. Okay, quick last question on that. How come that Braita, where is Machok between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Uda, who we're not explaining is Rabbi Uda in the name of Rabbi Tarfon, why is it saying it's a case of it was stolen or it got lost? Even if it wasn't stolen, got lost, and it was there, and you counted it, and there was a hundred cord, he still wouldn't be a Nazir according to Bitafon because he made it conditional. So why talk about that case? Oh, that wasn't there to teach us something about Rabbi Uda in the name of Bitafon. He would be lenient in no matter what. It mentioned this that to show us the stringency of the Bishimon. To teach us that according to the Bishemon, even if it was stolen or got lost, we would still assume stringency. In other words, not only will we be stringent if it's there and we can count it and the condition is fulfilled, even if we're not sure, we never, we, we can't figure it out and we never know if the condition was, uh, uh happened or not, the Bishemon is going to be stringent. And so, uh, in summary, we have three answers to this question. The Bizarra, the first, uh, the first one was that Mishnah in Tarot was a pin of Rabbi Al-Azhar. Um, and then the, we rejected that second one as pinning of Rabbi Uda. And then we tweaked that and, and said, yes, it is the Rabbi Uda in that Braita, but Rabbi Uda in that Braita is actually Rabbi Uda in the name of Rabbi Tarfon. And that final answer stands. The last part of the daf addresses the end of the Mishnah, where we, we quoted part of it already. Rabbi Yehuda uh, was of the opinion that if in, in, in te, uh, if you say just this bread will be like Tirumah, in Yehuda is forbidden because they use two different formulas. In Galil, uh, people are not familiar with Tirumah Talishka, and therefore um, we assume that it's, uh, it's leniency because the only Tirumah they know is Tirumah of grain, and Tirumah of grain is prohibited from the Torah, and therefore will not create a vow. That was surely that was Biuda's opinion, and we are, we already derived from this Hamakirin Asurin. If they would know, then it would be prohibited. If they did use 
both formulas as they do in Yehuda. Okay, Alma Sefekadechumna, therefore, according to the Biuda, he would agree actually with the Bimeir and the whole rest of the Mishnah that in the case of doubt of a Neded, we would be stringent. That's only a matter of language if in, 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 in Galil. There's no doubt at all, so then fine, then we'll be lenient. All right, that is the first case there that surely the Biuda said. That's followed up with another case, and there's no name for the second case, so anyone reading the Mishnah would assume that this next case is also that of the Biuda. But the principle um, is in contradiction. Em sefa setam hadamim. Someone says this item will be cherem. Now cherem could also have two meanings. This cherem will be that it's consecrated to the Bet HaMikdash. In that case, that is a vow that's prohibited, and that vow would transfer to the bread, and the bread would be prohibited. But if I say um, this will be a cherem to a kohen, then that just means that's something I'm giving it to a Kohen as a monetary gift, but it's not consecrated. There's no prohibition on it to, to, for him to share it or to give it back or whatever. And if I say this bread will be like a cherem to a Kohen, then it's permitted. If I don't say anything at all, just say this bread will be like a cherem, um, then which one is it? Uh, so according to the Bimeir, uh, we say he said, well, since both um, both languages are used, we have to be machmir sefek uh, lechumra. But this last statement that looks like it's a continuation of the Be'udah, the Be'udah says, mutarin ba'galil asurin. In Yehudah, it's permitted. In Galil, it's uh, prohibited. Because in the Galil, people don't know this phrase of a cherem that goes to a kohen. They're not familiar with that. So if they're saying cherem, they mean automatically cherem to a to the Bet HaMikdash. Now, we can derive from this, Hamakirin Mutarin, if the Anche Galil didn't know both options, then surely they would say permitted. And that, in fact, is what happens in Yehuda. Yehuda, presumably, they know both uh, formulas, and yet it's permitted. So you see that the author of this thinks that Alma Sefeka that in the case of doubt, we're going to be lenient. Okay, good question. So what do you do with this last? Can it be the, can't be the Behuda? Oh, in fact, it doesn't say his name, but it must be that the last phrase, the last uh, statement is by Rabbi Elazar in the name of Rabbi Sadok, uh, or son of Rabbi Sadok. They use both formulas, and so Safek, Safek is Asura. Whereas Bielazar, Rabbi Sadok, says Stam Kharamim in the Galil are Asurin. That's because. In uh, Galil, they only know the stringent formula um, uh, that of Cherem that goes to the Bet Hamikdash. So it's only because of the it's uh, it's uh, there's no Safek at, at all there. That's why he would be he, he would prohibit. But in any case of Safek, and that presumably would include all the all the cases in the Mishnah in in our Mishnah above where there was a Safek. Rabbi Sadok said, if you use both for Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Sadok would say, if you use both formulas and you're not sure which one you're referring to, because you use the short form, then in all those case, cases, he would say, Stam uh, Nedarim, and he would be lenient. Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.